0: Hi and welcome to episode 18 of the Female Health Podcast. I'm your host Mary Jo McGuire and today I have the lovely Corey Crowley who is a life coach and a nutrition and PT coach with uh, Siobhan O'Hagan and she is doing amazing work um, on Instagram. Her page is just oh like it's the most positive page I think out there so if you're not following her <laughs> you have to follow her and um, but yeah today we're just going to have the chats about everything really in general Uh she is as I say working as a life coach She works with a lot of people on um, toxic relationships narcissistic relationships things like that um, and also just um getting more out of life really, I suppose, and figuring out like maybe where they're stuck, which is what a life coach does. And then she also um is going to chat a bit. We're just gonna have chats about other things as well. She has a uh, PCOS, so we're gonna go into that as well and uh, see like, I kind of get a bit more of her story and that I don't even know everything about it. So I'll be hearing it for the first time too. So I'm really looking forward to just having a really open and honest conversation with her. I think it's gonna be great. So I hope you guys enjoy it. But I'm gonna pass it over to you Corey to introduce yourself and tell people about what you do and how you got into this whole realm of coaching
1: fabulous thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure to be here this is like a social occasion these days isn't it with like (laughs) and everything like seeing a person you're like oh my god hi. I've
0: actually made friends from podcasts like more friends and podcasts since I started this like it's crazy
1: (laughs) it's it's so good and like and it's just a great way to keep you going do you know what I mean but anyway um, me as a coach, I guess, like I've been through my fair run of like shitty relationships and like having um, immense dissatisfaction in my life, and until I like worked on myself and I like, called myself out on my shite basically, like nothing was going to change. So, I guess I got into health and fitness to improve my mental health, firstly, and then through that, I discovered that until, like I said, I changed my mind and I did the inner work, like I was still going to be unhealthy and I was still yeah. going to have that. I guess, negative relationship with myself. So then I went away and did the life coaching course just to better my coaching skills. And now I'm kind of pursuing that alongside coaching for Siobhan and everything. And it's the demand is crazy and I'm really overwhelmed. And like, I just feel super grateful that I'm getting to like have an impact on people's lives in such a positive way. So yeah, I guess I just put like, I've honed in on all of my own experiences and I've turned my adversity into advantage essentially. And I'm using those negative experiences and i say negative like in inverted commas they would have been seen as negative experiences to me previously but now i've seen how they're going to benefit my life and my story is part of other people's survival guide now so it's it's incredible yeah (laughs) Yeah. i
0: think that's what happens though isn't it when something crap happens to you like at the time you're like it's so negative but then when you do the growth work and the inner work you start Mm -hmm. to actually look back and say they maybe were a guardian angel or whatever way you want to look at it that actually made you into the person you are now and like made you stronger and work in a different area and now you're helping so many people because of all of that which is I think it's meant to happen that way isn't
1: it (laughs) oh 100% like I'm so grateful for all of the shit I've been dealt now (laughs) but like when I was going through it I would have been like why is this happening to me and I was very much ingrained in the victim mindset and I felt that life was happening to me and not for Mm -hmm. me and then once I realized that like I was the creator of my reality and like I am uh, like responsible for the the manifestation of my existence like I have so much more control over it than I ever realized and once I kind of owned that and stepped into my power so to speak yeah like everything changed but you just have to realize that like your thoughts your your behaviors your actions they have so much more of an impact on things than you realize so it's just kind of like holding yourself accountable as well as everything else but um yeah it's, it's moving out of that victim
0: a hundred percent yeah yeah but it is a journey but yeah moving out of that victim mentality it starting mm-hmm. you, you do become more accountable and that's when things start to change but like you said they're like manifesting good stuff like would you say you're like spiritual and into that kind of realm of things like um universe law of attraction that kind of thing or what's your how did you kind of start this whole process then maybe I'll ask you that question first like how did you yeah really start making the changes on your inner work like
1: Okay so I've hit a rock bottom basically. Um, I remember I was working my stable job and I was doing my nine-to-five and I was going through the motions. I was in a relationship and on the outside I had everything. So like I had stable income, I had a career so to speak by society's terms. I had a relationship like I looked like I had everything together but inside I was miserable and when there's that disconnect from like your reality and how you feel it's very hard because it creates that inner conflict and you're like, I should be happy. Like I have all these things, but I'm not. So for a while I thought it was broken. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, one of the lads at work came into the office one day and he was like, why are you always so sad? And I just burst. I don't know what I was in that day, but that was the thing that broke the camera's back. Yeah. So I was signed out of work for two years or two years, Jesus, two weeks. <laughs> oh my God, imagine two years, <laughs> a dream. But um, yeah, I was signed out of work for two weeks and I read this book called You're a Badass by Jen Sincero and it basically just like reaffirmed that I can create whatever life I want yeah. to as long as I'm putting in the work. Yeah. Um. So I was like, it, I'm going to go for it. So I signed up to the course with Siobhan, became a certified PT and that's when the real work started. I think that's one misconception that like you get your piece of paper and away you go, but like that's when you really start learning. Um. So, yeah, I decided to like start working on myself I got a coach myself I went through the motions I was like if I'm going to be putting people through this I need to understand what's involved yeah turns out the coach that I hired wasn't the best one and she put me on a diet of salmon and um <laughs> basically salmon salmon and no carbs um because okay. I told her that I had PCOS and she was like don't you any kind of carbohydrates if you've got PCOS so oh god classic <laughs> <laughs> oh I hate that so, so, so much <laughs> Yeah, it, it actually got to the point where I developed an intolerance to salmon. Like I swelled up like veruca salt. Like, so I learned all of the bad things. Yes, the hard way. <laughs> Through that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then I was like, flip this. Like, I'm going to go away and I'm going to educate myself more. If nothing, if to support no one else but myself. So continued learning, continued growing. Um, and then I was like, I have to just, I have to just start because I'm doing all the work. And then I really had to develop that Um, self-belief. And like, I guess manifesting is something that's thrown around so lightly these days. It's like, oh, just put your intentions out to the universe and it will come. And it's like, no, like doing that is like expecting to win the lotto without buying a ticket. Like Uh you have to line up your actions and behaviors in order to get to where you want to be. Uh Um, So I think that like, that's one thing that people need to realize is that like, if you're not out there and you're not putting in the groundwork, it's not just going to come. So I guess in terms of like the spirituality side of it, I am spiritual, but I have a realistic approach to it. Like I'm not like completely gone off tilt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I think I'm similar. Like Um, uh, you you take
0: inspired action really is not it. Like, you know, you, you, Yeah. yeah. exactly you have your, your desire what you want and you put it out there but like you can't just rest in your laurels and like oh it's going to come you have to do something about it too and like there's yeah. a bit of risk involved isn't there you might have to put yourself out there but mm-hmm. like that is I suppose like the universe pushing you out of your comfort zone and doing something that's going to bring it in for you I suppose and it doesn't have to be the universe whatever your higher power is like that's kind of what I'm talking about here like mm-hmm. everyone's different it can be god angels I don't know whatever like but like that's what mm-hmm. I mean when I say spiritual I think that there's maybe something else that's like helping you like get out of your 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 own way yes exactly that's it <laughs> but yeah no I, I do agree I think manifestation is thrown about a lot like and people expect it like to like it's the magic answer the cure to everything but like you have to do work still like there is action involved mm-hmm. and that's part of the steps of manifestation isn't there isn't it
1: A hundred percent. Like you have to kind of acknowledge where you are, appreciate what you have and then work towards being where you want to be. Like, it's not just as simple as waking up every day being grateful for your cup of coffee and then lying on your yoga mat doing a meditation with a crystal on your forehead like it doesn't just work like that forehead, so <laughs> you have to be realistic <laughs> yeah
0: but like to get that self-belief isn't it like that's what you said there you were like okay mm-hmm. you can do it's like you know reading books for the rest of your life and that's amazing it gives you so much knowledge but like you actually have to do something then as well like and make the change so like actually go and coach the clients like I could be studying math Mm-hmm. in nutrition for the rest of my life and still not know enough and be like oh no I'll have to do this one before I actually work with clients I have to do this one and like at a time I felt like that I was like I'm just oh I don't know if I'm confident enough to do this or not like but like yeah it came to a point where it's just like no just actually go and do it and then that's when the self-belief comes and you realize actually yes you can't coach clients you can support them and mm-hmm. you know a lot actually to help them and you're always learning and adding to yourself but you learn so much from doing like is not that really exactly. yeah, I think you learn the most probably from doing something and then you get that belief in yourself,
1: yeah, hundred percent. And like, imperfect action will always outweigh inaction. So, like, you have to just go and try, and you will get into situations where you won't have all the answers. And you can say, "I don't know right now," but that doesn't mean I, I I will never know. Like, I will go away, I'll look into some studies, I'll do some research, and I will come back to you. And I think it's having the confidence in saying that was such a huge learning for me because I would have put a lot of pressure. On myself to have all the answers and to have everything worked out but nobody knows everything about everything and you have to just meet yourself where you're at and know that you will continue to grow and you'll continue to better yourself but you can condemn yourself for what you don't know at that time yeah
0: yeah 100 um and that's it like and like nobody is perfect nobody's expecting you to be perfect and actually you look more <laughs> um Relative, relate relatable I think when you're like just honest and like people have appreciate that more as well you're saying actually I'm not 100% on this we'll come back to you on it and it just shows you're human really um and people appreciate yeah, that yeah. as well um in terms of the life coaching at the moment you're saying it's like taken off like is that do you have is that do you think yeah. people are working on themselves now more in lockdown or is it like because like what exactly are you doing in terms of the life coaching is it the relationship
1: stuff the most um is that what you're really focusing on? yeah so I guess like I'm just trying to like improve people's relationship with themselves and like to reaffirm that they don't have to do life by society's standards basically um like I think people have had a lot of time to sit with themselves through lockdown so it's made them reflect and think about what it is they're doing and where it is they're going and like in the old life um we would have just busied up all of our time so that we wouldn't have to face the fact that we were quite happily unhappy in our realities but now people have had to go into that like self-reflection slash hibernation mode and it's brought up a lot for people and I think that like we're going to try and bring forward some of the things that we've learned through this into our new normal quote-unquote but um yeah I think it's just people have just realized that there's a bit more to life than just constantly being in the hamster wheel and chasing someone else's dream and like You can do your own thing and you can be happy and maybe you might even work less. You might have more time to spend with your family. You might not necessarily have as much money in your bank account, but you could be happier. So I think it's very important.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And it's great, though, that people have and like, again, it's kind of like it was meant to happen nearly in a way that people are actually Mm -hmm. forced to slow down and look inward at themselves and figure out maybe they weren't actually as happy as they thought on the hamster wheel or the rat race that we're all have been on for the last God knows how long and since we've been working. Yeah. and uh, just it's really given a lot of people an opportunity to think what they actually really want and what makes them happy and gives them value so probably is a lot more career changes going on out there and changes in relationships maybe people realizing that they don't actually want to be in a relationship or maybe um people mm-hmm. who are single working on themselves rather than focusing solely on finding a partner to give them happiness and realizing that they can do a lot of that themselves which is a huge huge (laughs) thing that I think a lot of a lot of single people struggle with though and like it's understandable but like um from me as a single person um I can say that like I'm truly like this year like I can't explain Mm. how happy I am because I'm doing something that gives me so much value Um, and I'm doing what gives me value joy happiness and I know like that so having say a partner doesn't make you complete Um, Mm -hmm. and that is something that I think we feel uh, it's a society thing I don't know where it comes from probably is but um, yeah Mm -hmm. like I think that um, a lot of people are I think that it's becoming more um, what I'm trying to say is normal now normalize that you don't have to be in a relationship to be happy and that's that's where the movement is maybe going would you find that now with people are they embracing that side of like I'm not saying to be single forever or like I totally Mm -hmm. get that being in a relationship is amazing and like it's not that I want to be single forever anything like that but I'm so content and happy in my situation right now Um, and I know Mm -hmm. that it will happen when it's gonna happen and like I'm totally cool with that whenever it does you know and but like it takes time to kind of get there and I do think like I'm not saying I was always like that especially after like a Relationship, you're like, oh god, like this is really hard, isn't it? When you when you just break up with someone, you're like, oh god, this is really hard. You know, I'm so used to being with someone, but um, then, yeah, it's really then you get to know yourself, and I think that's such a valuable thing to 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 have to be able to know yourself fully and what you really want as a person.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's been like for me, it's been completely invaluable. Like I was in and out of relationships for years. Like I think between the age of like 15 and say like 25 the longest I'd ever been out of a relationship was probably about six months okay and like there is a lot of growth in your personal life alone that goes on between that time and I would have always been excuse me identified as being someone else's girlfriend so like yeah when I spent when I got out of that shit show of a relationship um back it was three years ago now um I was so confronted because I was like I have no idea who I am yeah. Like I'd been through all this change, but all along I was like, I was Corey, girlfriend of whoever. And that's as far as I mm-hmm. knew about myself. Like I had no idea who I was, what I wanted to do, where I was going, because I, um, I guess I would have been a lot more of a people pleaser before. I'm a lot more yeah. self-aware now and I can kind of nip that in the bud a little bit. It does creep up still. And I think oh. it's something that's ingrained in us as women, especially in Ireland, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. if we just take care of everyone else and make sure that they're okay, that we should be fine.
0: I know it's definitely a thing. I'm hundred percent a people pleaser as well. I just feel like it's like what I always strive to do and did do like definitely again, trying to work on it, but it always creeps up. I'm just like, trying to make sure everyone else is happy around me. And then that's okay. I can relax. And it's like, no focus on yourself. Like it's, it's really hard to like nip that in the bud. Don't move away from that kind of mentality, but you're right. I think it is a lot. Like my mom is so like that, like she'll please everyone around her and herself will suffer but she'll suffer in silence it's just like why so like when you're looking at that like and she probably saw from her mother and so on it's just it must be just a mum thing in Ireland and then we all copy it like. mm-hmm.
1: exactly and like you do have to break the cycle and, and realize that like by putting yourself first you're not being selfish like no. self-care is not selfish like even if you think of the airplane Oxygen mask analogy: Like if you're not okay, like you you have to take care of yourself first. Like if you don't put on your mask, you're of no good to anyone else. Yeah. So you have to ensure that you're doing what it is that makes you happy. So like you identified that, like the work that you're doing now is purposeful for you, and it you feel fulfilled. And like then once you begin to like gratify, like validate yourself, and like you can give yourself those things that you would have sought out in a partner before, then that basically makes you like bulletproof do you know what I mean like you're not going into a relationship then looking for anything because you have everything in yourself you always did have everything in yourself yeah
0: you're realizing you're whole exactly. not kind of half a person and needing someone else to fill the other half. You're already whole as yourself. And then you can bring everything you have to that mm-hmm. relationship and they're whole too, hopefully. Like you don't want to be going with someone who's half full as well and expecting you then exactly. to fill them up either. Uh, but it's kind of like yeah. the it comes to the like I think the the attraction kind of thing. If you're a whole you'll attract someone who's whole as well kind of like you want you don't want to be attracting someone who's insecure and all that crap because you will if you're feeling like that yourself you know because like exactly
1: yeah. yeah yeah exactly um but yeah that was a huge thing for me like that once I realized that I had everything on myself mm-hmm. and that I could be whole all by myself because that's what we're told by society that like our value is in the like if you don't have a like a partner as a woman in your late 20s early 30s that like you're less than and mm-hmm. like you're on the back foot and that you should have at least like been gotten engaged by now and like you should be working towards having children, but like you don't have to do that. I like know, it's not yeah. an absolute value. <laughs> I know there is such a panic like at 25, I think like I
0: was like, oh yeah, like 100 percent by 30, we settle down, married kids. Like percent <laughs> yeah. of this in my naive little head. Like I'm just like like a failure if I didn't achieve that. Like that's what have been my thought back then. Like obviously like so much work has been done since then and like so mm-hmm. much life has happened. That has changed that whole narrative for me and changed my whole thought process on it like and I'm so grateful that like I look (laughs) at it completely differently now but like yeah it's totally it comes from the society's pressure cultural norms and things like that like and we're yeah you do feel like uh yeah you're a failure if you're not doing this like that and which is so wrong and like and by the way on the other end there's nothing wrong with wanting that either like you know that's totally exactly there's nothing wrong with wanting that and like you know like uh, someday i want that as well but like i'm also like it's just about being content i suppose in your current situation and working on mm-hmm. you at that moment to make you the best person that you could be and then all the good crap will come then hopefully that's the way i look at it really and uh, filling your yeah. purpose like filling your cup with good stuff
1: mm-hmm. and then all the other stuff exactly just happens as a way product and it doesn't become mm-hmm. your priority because your priority is you mm-hmm. and i remember like when I, I did get into a relationship i was having a huge like conflict with this in my head because I was like I'm so afraid that I'm going to lose myself again but like I haven't because I have the awareness and I'm working towards making myself a priority every single day and then I can show up and be the best version of myself for my for my boyfriend so like it's just about managing it and like taking each day as it comes and not like running before you could walk like you have to have that level of consciousness and that level of awareness until it becomes automatic yeah and in order to do that you have to keep yourself in check so it's like it's a, it's a journey it's it a, journey. a journey like someone
0: starting off in this journey okay so you as a life coach what would you get them to do to start off to start like working on themselves I know everyone's going to be different and this is a really generic mm-hmm. question I totally get that but I suppose small little things that they can do that like starts giving them a bit more um self, for self-love a bit more self-worth mm-hmm. and realizing and getting more into their own values and what they want from themselves as a person what where would you get them to start
1: I would just get them to identify three things that they can do every single day that makes them a happier person so it's like it could be taking an extra bit of time to prepare your breakfast in the morning so it looks nice Um, it could be making your bed so that your future self is going to be thankful for your past self Mm -hmm. for making your bed and like doing the things that you would like your partner to do as well so like you set the standard for what you tolerate so if you are showing up and you're doing these things for you then you know that you're gonna have to like find that in someone else as well like I guess just work out what it is that really fills your cup because we spend so much time trying to please other people and like when I ask people this question sometimes they'll answer with the things that they think I want to hear or they'll answer with the things that like the general things so like doing face masks like taking bubble baths like lighting candles like those things and they're great don't get me wrong but like healthy boundaries is an important thing like doing those things that aren't necessarily like actual acts we'll say but like just honoring yourself as a person could be something that makes you happy every day and even if it's like sitting with your feelings and like having a cry if that's what you feel like you need to do or allowing yourself to rest like it's just so subjective and I think that like showing up for yourself every day and acknowledging what it is you need in that day is going to change a lot because we're human. and no, no two days are the same. Yeah. I
0: love that. But that's really good. Like three things that you can do for yourself in a day. That's going to I suppose bring you joy bring you happiness make yourself be grateful <laughs> thankful for what you've done for yourself at the end of the day and that's like really good action steps and they can build every day and you'll start to get momentum more self-belief more self-love gratitude and then all the good things kind of come in as a result of that exactly. it probably yeah. sounds really woo woo but it's not really like it's exactly <laughs> like when you do these things you do start to notice like it's just there is a science behind it like the whole gratitude thing and everything like there's a lot <laughs> of science to back that up that it's really really positive for supporting your mental health and reducing anxiety and and things like that so like definitely if you're not doing these things even just having a little journal and writing down three things you're grateful for at the end of the day do you think that's a lovely little practice to get started with if, if you're not doing that already just to kind of get the brain into that mindset that there is actually good things and you're looking for more good things then when you when you start to do that
1: yeah exactly and it's the intention behind the actions as well So it's not just sitting there and being like, I'm grateful for my breath. I'm grateful for my family. Like you actually have to feel it. And I know that sounds a little bit woo-woo again, but like it's, it's how that shows up in your body. And it like, that will then get your, like the happy chemicals going in your brain because you're actually genuinely really thankful. There's a physical response behind the action. So like, it's really like connecting with that and not just going through the motions so to speak because you should be doing it you know
0: yeah totally I do and I like I said this I think I was saying to my sister and I was like oh maybe you should start journaling and she's just like oh my (laughs) god just another thing to have to do and there is it does seem like there's so many like healthy to-do list things to do now Mm -hmm. it's so long like journaling meditating and all this kind of stuff like all the reading yeah. yeah all the reading like everything so like do what works for you like you don't have to do everything you know what I mean like you know even being going out for a walk and like your daily walk and just saying like what you're happy for you don't have to be doing all these rituals and things like that too and like even if it's just listening to music that can increase your happy hormones and make you happy Mm -hmm. singing in the car like I actually love doing that and it makes me so happy just to be singing in the car like and um you know, it's releasing happy hormones and happy chemicals and stuff like that. So you don't have to be doing like the typical, like sitting down, meditating, hmm, like this. Under yeah, would we'll be interesting. Like and- yeah, <laughs> no, it's just what works for you. And like, um, yeah, I, 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 feel it's a bit like a bit of pressure on that kind of side of things and that like type of positivity. There's nearly like you have to be doing all of these things, and that puts mm-hmm. nearly takes away from and puts more pressure on yourself. So doing what works for you as well is really important. And that that's what I would say with regards to that. But um. And with regards then as like this is we like I know with the female health podcast we kind of cover loads of different topics so I do think relationships and all of that stuff falls under that because like you know we're all in relationships and it's part of our health so that's why I love to cover mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff but also then um I want to cover the PCOS kind of thing which is mm-hmm. what you um you have so what is your your story with this uh you were you know, when did you get diagnosed with PCOS?
1: So I was diagnosed when I moved to Australia. So um, basically, we'll rein it back a bit. So I've been on the pill since I was 15. I would have always struggled with my skin um, and I would have had very heavy periods. So I was told by my lovely GP that (laughs) by going on the pill, it would regulate my hormones and that it would be the magic answer to all of my problems. Um, So I was on the pill blissfully unaware from the ages of 15 to probably about 26. And at that point then... It was kind of when I come out of that really toxic relationship and I just started to question everything. So I was diagnosed when I was 21 in Australia. I had no period for two years. I um, was taking pregnancy tests to beat the band because every month I was like, oh, uh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so I got fed up of that, um, naturally enough. And I said I'd go away and I'd try and work out what was going on. So I went to family planning Queensland and she was firstly horrified that I hadn't had a smear test and I'd been sexually active for a number of years like at this point point. Um, and so I had a smear test and there were some abnormalities um, and then I went for an ultrasound an internal ultrasound and they discovered multiple cysts on my ovaries so that's when I got my diagnosis and um, I then came home to Ireland when I was 23 um, and then I went for an ultrasound here And it came back that I didn't have PCOS. So that made me fairly confused because I was Mm -hmm. like, if I have a diagnosis, like you then tell your brain that story and then you become quite attached to that. And then for someone to come along and be like, no, that's actually not true. Then you're kind of like, what the hell's going on? Um, But I've always had like the hormonal acne. So it's all around my jawline. It's quite cystic. It doesn't ever really come to anything. It's just like lumps and bumps. And then I would have, I guess my symptoms are quite minimal. Like I'm, I'm pretty blessed with them um and I as I said when I was 26 I started to kind of question everything and that's when I came off the pill and that's when everything kind of went a bit AWOL for a bit but it's settled down now okay. um because I'm managing it a lot better with like my nutrition my training um inositol has been massive for me like it's been very helpful so yeah, yeah. I guess that's kind of like in a nutshell how my experience has gone. Okay. And like when they said that you didn't have PCOS, how did they base that diagnosis? Like what
0: was that? Like, did they do blood tests or how did they confirm you didn't have it when you came back to Ireland?
1: Yeah, it was blood tests. So they were like, your hormone, your hormones are fine. But I was like, well, I have other symptoms. So like I would have had the acne. I am quite, like I build muscle tone very easily. Um, I would have always found that if I wanted to drop fat that I would have had to have been in a fairly aggressive deficit in order to do that okay um so I then went about getting like working with a nutritionist who basically set me straight and was like just because you don't have all of the symptoms does not mean that you don't have yeah some of the condition um so yeah like it's just I guess not taking everything as an absolute value and like just because one person's like yes like yes you do or no you don't like and you the symptoms are still showing up in your body like don't take it for granted or don't take it for gospel yeah a hundred percent like
0: with PCOS it's a syndrome like you don't have to have every single one it's not like a disease like there's one cause kind of thing it's there's a different there's a lot of different factors involved and mm-hmm. it's a syndrome that has so many different symptoms and you don't have to have all of them as you say so like if you're having like the signs of irregular periods and you're having uh, some sign of elevated androgens whether it's acne or the hair growth or maybe some hair Mm -hmm. loss around your your temples that's a decent enough indicator that you you have got um PCOS and then if you're having cysts on the ovaries as well it's another added indicator and so you know like with the criteria like for PCOS it's kind of like the inovulatory cycle so a cycle which is either delayed um, or you're not getting any periods at all Um, and then you either have physical signs of androgens like acne or hair growth or you have like a uh, blood test sign so it's showing up like excess testosterone or dheas which is another type of testosterone from your adrenal glands and they're not always measured as well like you know you they, i don't know like not all of them are measured in blood tests so um that's the other issue as well like so and like then there's so many different underlying causes of the PCOS and that is the issue and like there's a generic treatment for PCOS and it does work for most of them like there's a lot of things that you can do on a generic level like you know your your nutrition for most types is pretty similar but then there's like targeted supplements and lifestyle advice that help each individual one as well so like Mm -hmm. if you're the insulin resistance one for example and that's the one where you might have a bit of like midline weight adiposity and and then you'd have the um frequent like really hangry or cravings all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and then you've got the other signs like the irregular periods and the the acne and stuff like that like you manage that but that's very much dietary managed and then there's typical supplements like magnesium is a really key supplement for that type of PCOS but that mightn't be for say I don't know the ad- adrenal or stress PCOS and it actually kind of does help with that too but like basically the point is there's different kind of supplements for the different types of people like inflammatory PCOS so that mightn't be as <laughs> applicable to that one so yeah that's why I find it's very very helpful to get to the root cause of the PCOS and like I think with your case and like going on the pill at 15 it's really mm-hmm. really hard because you didn't actually know what your periods were like before going on the pill and that's what I'm saying yeah. so often like people go on the pill very young for like say irregularities regular cycles or painful periods or acne and at that age like a puberty your cycle hasn't fully matured or developed until like 18 19 20 like and again like they're they're like you know that's like a a set age but like every single woman is going to be different when it comes to that as well like so it could be 21 Mm -hmm. 22 even do you know what I mean so um your cycle will not be fully developed at that age and then you're put on a hormonal contraceptive that completely shuts down and then like women come off the pill at say 26 and they're like oh what was your period like before you went on the pill and um, I actually don't know I never really had one and that's where it's kind of hard to know did you have um maybe an underlying predisposition to PCOS before or was it the pill that could have caused the PCOS and um, because you mm-hmm. can get post-pill PCOS but that usually does resolve within six to twelve months after you come off it in some Instance it can like, exasperate things and bring on more insulin resistance type PCOS but for most women it does resolve but like if you're kind of having issues still ongoing it could be possibly that you had PCOS beforehand so you can see how confusing it is though like there's so much <laughs> yeah. like, it's really hard for someone to like get to the bottom of it and especially when the only things that they're told by a GP is either to lose weight if they're like mm-hmm. in, in any way overweight and which is such a crap thing to say because the weight is actually a symptom of the PCOS Mm -hmm. it's not the cause of it yes it can exasperate and it's kind of like a a vicious circle but it's actually a symptom of the PCOS more so and Mm -hmm. it's so not as easy for just oh lose weight like I'm working with so many clients now who are massively struggling to lose weight because of their PCOS and the important thing that I would work on is resolving the PCOS and the hormonal imbalance and then the weight loss will come as a
1: result Happen. of
0: that yeah yeah so um but yeah and then the other thing is the pill to go on the pill to uh, regulate the hormones which is the biggest load of crap ever because it doesn't regulate hormones it shuts down your hormones and um, so mm. like obviously that's where the issue is with the pill is when it's given for the wrong reasons like that and then th- then you're left not knowing about your cycle
1: <laughs> yeah and it's the lack of support then so like when you're go- you go to your gp and you're given two options so it's either go on the pill or try to lose weight you're being told you're not trying hard enough and then like by going on the pill like and that doesn't work obviously because it's not addressing the root cause you're still left fairly unsatisfied by the solution provided by your GP so then that creates that conflict and you're like I'm broken because the two solutions that my GP has given me are not working and we regard a GP's opinion so highly and don't get me wrong they're incredible at what they do but yeah. they just don't know enough about this condition no absolutely not it's really like it's
0: it's an Dietary and lifestyle management condition, in my opinion, you can do so so much with it, and targeted supplements mm-hmm. like anastol, like I think that's an amazing supplement. It's a part of my regime, and like helps my P C S management as well. Like only forage, <laughs> I think I probably wouldn't have a regular cycles every month, and I'm trying to wean myself off it now to see if I'm kind of having like, you know regulated things hopefully with my nutrition as well and things like that so I'm not taking this frequently and so far so good but yeah but anyway like it, there is like um so much that you can do with the nutrition and lifestyle and like I think that is something that like hopefully changes over the next few years and um, for women's health and um, people who identify as women that nutritionists and lifestyle coaches and things like that can work with doctors on this kind of stuff and educate mm-hmm. each other on like how to support uh clients then with these conditions because it's just ultimately the women are suffering as a result of this they're like and then they're being led to believe that they can't have children because of it which isn't true if you PCOS you mm-hmm. can have children like, and then I've also seen people who have infertility issues and are told uh, oh like and, and very bluntly and in such an insensitive way oh no go lose weight first and I've seen it, and it's so horrible mm. to see and the shame that that brings to these women then it's awful and um, so yeah uh, it's something I'm it really upset me to see a client go through that they've come to me uh, like in in a really bad way, thinking like the, the a GP or a gynecologist made them feel that way, and like not all of them are like this. God, don't think I, but like just a few people mm-hmm. I'm working with at the moment have come from had had bad experiences with that, and that they they felt shame because of their weight, which is just, just awful. And and there's mm-hmm. you know just a bit more knowledge and empowerment to give them empowerment would be just so valuable, wouldn't it? Like that's what they need exactly.
1: Yeah, and even with PTs like I mean I I would have worked with coaches before I even ever started learning about this stuff myself and it was like when you're going to your PT and you haven't dropped centimeters in a couple of weeks and like you're doing all of the things but you're not in enough of a deficit because of your condition because your BMR is lower as somebody who has PCOS and it is harder for you to lose weight. Like you then internalize all of that and you're like I'm not trying hard enough I'm a failure and I also learned as well, like through my experience that like you're more predispositioned to have a, a negative image with your body because of the condition, yeah. like you're predisposed to have lower mood because for some people with PCOS, like you don't have like the hourglass figure. And like you said, like you'll hold fat around your midsection more so than like your hips and your thighs. And like they're kind of more, I guess, like uh, yeah. areas where men would hold fat mostly. So yeah. then that creates the disconnect. Yeah. and you don't feel feminine and it creates this whole complex and I think if we just try and do better as coaches yeah like it will just I it just I don't know I just wish that I could have had a coach I basically I'm trying to be the coach that I needed when I was younger yeah, yeah. um and I'm trying to be like I'm trying to do better and I'm trying to educate myself to the best of my ability so that I can provide a better service for clients because like right it's just it's madness and I'm not condemning people for what they don't know like you can't do that and like it's not fair to like you said like with the blanket approach like blame everybody for what they didn't know but like it's just trying to hold yourself accountable and and be better so that you can do better for your clients yeah absolutely and like
0: taking your own personal experiences into your own Mm -hmm. um coaching is a really good way to look at it like and it does because that's what grows you as a coach as well but like it helps you grow as a coach but like yeah like for me, I would have loved this as well, like someone who understood PCOS and really understood the different types and that like the, you know, we can sort this out. We can resolve this by doing X, Y, Z. And there's like, it's such an empowering thing to be told that. And like, when you can see like the relief in people's faces when they hear that there's so much they can do, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Like, the, finally, you know, and, and yeah. with PCOS, unfortunately, it's not something that happens in, say, 12 weeks or even six months. It is a change, it's a lifestyle change that takes time. And uh, there's a lot of fixing there or like, you know, resolving and balancing to, to come into play. You have to like get your metabolism and like to even out a bit more there's so much involved to get like it, it resolved really or managed more so because mm-hmm. it will always be there And. Um, but yeah like it's not something that happens really quickly and I do always try to say that because you know people can be disappointed if they don't start seeing like things regulated <laughs> in three months it's like okay no this is it actually is a lot longer than that with PCOS unfortunately but it's still very possible you know it is like it exactly took me over like a year and a half at least to really get things going again normally and regulated um, and but like so much happened in that year and a half. There's a lot less stress in my life. There's a lot more happiness in my life as well. So those lifestyle factors are hugely important too when it comes to um, mm-hmm. your hormones as well. And that's why I say stress and sleep are two of the most important things that you can do for yourself when it comes to sorting out PCOS or any hormonal conditions. Like I cannot emphasize that enough. It's massive
1: yeah like health is an it's an integrated approach and like you can do all of the things like you can do your steps you can eat fucking like whatever I'm not even going to go into it but like mm-hmm. it's just looking at things as a whole and like evaluating your environment the quality of your, your relationships like you said sleep is so important whether you're drinking enough water like when you're dehydrated your cognitive ability is so impaired and people don't ever recognize that it's like even with caffeine, we'll say like ha- caffeine is a half life so if you're drinking coffee at midday and then that like that might have impacts in your on your sleep, yeah, then enter the cycle, so it's like you're caffeinating because you're wrecked, but then you're wrecked because you're caffeinating, yeah. so it's like really having that self awareness and like yeah. looking at things as a whole, yeah yeah absolutely so
0: yeah so you can see how complicated vcos is though and even for yourself like so are things for you <laughs> yeah. like you're feeling like you've gotten on top of things a bit more now in the last few years with like nutrition and like supplements and stuff like that yeah
1: yeah 100% like and it's just through knowing more like if you know more you can do better exactly. Um, and it's like having the awareness and getting to know what's normal for you because like you said everyone's cycle is so specific to them and like no. if you don't know it you're not going to know what's normal like my cycle is pretty bang on now like it's monthly which is amazing yeah. um and it's like so you definitely I'm... have
0: PCOS when you're like yes my cycle's here like you're like yeah you <laughs> yeah. PCOS
1: don't you <laughs> It's like a requirement to be in the club <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you celebrate your period you're 100% in. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah like it's just it's been such a process and like you said it's been a year and a half it's probably been two years for me and like it's something that's ongoing it's never going to go away like you said it's just working to manage it and I think that can be said for a lot of things as well it's like even the self-love thing like the work is never done like maintaining boundaries the work is never done Mm -hmm. making sure that your relationships serve you and like they're fulfilling and that they're not like damaging to you as a person it takes constant work to evaluate those so like I think it's like letting go of that destination happiness thing and like knowing that it's it's a constant thing that requires work. And you just have to know that if you're putting in the effort every single day, your ha- your efforts will compound over time. and you will be
0: happy (laughs) it's not yeah I love that the destination happens. I'll be happy when like that is just yeah that's the problem like it's not about Mm -hmm. that it's just the everyday things that you do and the work that you do every single day and it's it's a a journey and work in progress all of the time but like yeah you have to do these things to manage things but like it's worth it and it is worth it to do like each day you'll feel better as a result of doing those things for you and but yeah like that was fab like I really like talking about everything there there's a good mix I think between the the life coaching end of things and just life in general and relationships and stuff like that and then obviously touching on the PCOS and the hormones and just like the the issues that a lot of women go through and even just like the differences mm-hmm. in a woman's cycle like the whole 28 day cycle thing is not you know for everyone not every single woman has that mm-hmm. I think there's like a very low stat that has that um low presented women has that regular 28 day cycle it can go up to 35 and even more in some cases so like you know that you're not abnormal if you have that just to be aware of that like you know um not everyone has that perfect cycle every single woman is different and it's about being okay with that and realizing that that is normal and as well knowledge is power i just think that is something to get across and for women to be become- an advocate for their own health, which is what we really all need to do, don't we? Like because we do go to mm-hmm. a GP and we're told to do this, but maybe that's not right for us. So it's important to take charge of your own health as well. So and uh, when it comes to PCOS, do your research, find a coach or a nutritionist or someone who works in this area that can really support you with a lot more empowering information, I suppose, that can change mm-hmm. your life really and help you manage it in a much better way that suits your mood and everything because the it exactly. be really can
1: <laughs> oh my god stop like the brain fog I experienced when I was on that thing is like nothing else and I'm I know for sure that I'm not the only person but it's just people aren't talking about it so then you do think you're alone in what you're feeling yeah. um so it's like reaching out to people that you trust in your environment that have earned the right to hear your story um and like just reach out to people whether it be on Instagram it could be yourself it could be myself like we're all here just trying to make people feel better so like mm-hmm. Just, just to reach out and use the support yeah. that's there for there you.
0: There is such positive people on Instagram. I think myself and the Healtho and Orla Swan last night were on. Uh, we did a live yeah. And we were just chatting about like how you can manage your social media to be like your environment, but, like the good people you mm-hmm. want around you. And you can do that with your social media too. Like everyone I follow on social media is genuinely giving me happiness. There's such good vibes from them. There's such positivity. And that's so important because like that's feeding into your thoughts every single day and your thoughts are then what you believe in your actions and stuff like that. So like, mm-hmm. and they're so uh, following good people that like have good messages or positive but also like like you and myself that you know work with people on nutrition and, and life-changing stuff really that can help them change mm-hmm. like uh, conditions like PCOS and manage it as well so yeah like be mindful of what you're you're following who you're following and getting your information from reliable sources as well is really important something i'd like to say as well
1: <laughs> oh 100 like don't take everything as gospel and like yeah. just ask yourself is the content making you content like Mm. that's a really really like I guess easy way to look at it like if you're looking at your Instagram feed and you're internalizing things and you're like god I don't look like her or I don't have what she has or he has like that's not helpful that is not conducive for positive mental health like get rid of it like you're in complete control of the content you consume on Instagram Mm. so if it's not making you happy put it in the bin you don't yes. need those things. Yes. We
0: don't need that negativity in our lives. percent. And like and social media gets a bad rep because of that, but there's such good things that come out of it. Like, honestly, the the contacts that I've made through Instagram is crazy. And like, it's amazing. And there's such a nice network of people on it too. And it's really social basically as a result. So it, it is really great. And it's helped my business grow only for it. Like, I'm so grateful for that every day. Like only for Instagram. I wouldn't have a business basically. It's literally helped me have a business in lockdown. Like, so I have to be grateful yeah. for it. Like it's incredible. So like, there's lots of good sides to social media as well. And so, uh, definitely, like, it's just what you choose to, or your perspective on it as well, and what you choose to look at. So, is your content making new content? I love that. (laughs) There we go. So any final words, what would you like to end or any like amazing life advice?
1: <laughs> um, I guess just don't put too much pressure on yourself at the minute because we're all just going through so much of a transitional period. And like we're getting back to whatever normal is these days, hopefully sooner rather than later. And I think people need to really like learn to walk before they run again. Like, we've all been through so much. We're not going to understand the psychological impacts of all of this. And like, if you are feeling anxious about going into social situations or even just like getting back to work, like voice that, tell your manager, tell your supervisor, just like, look, I'm really struggling. And if like, if you don't use your words, you won't get the support because people won't, like we can't read each other's minds at the end of the day. So you have to use your words, but that's basically it. Just be realistic. Like I type it hundreds of times a week and um, because people will like go hard or go home when they first take on like a new lifestyle strategy or whatever and it's just like ease yourself in you're yeah. only human and you can only do so much yeah it's a lifestyle change not
0: something that needs to be done in 12 weeks and completed like a plan like I know that's like uh, it's, exactly it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough for people to get into that mindset but when they've come from I know with nutrition and diets anyway they've come from clubs like Slim and World and Weight Watchers where it's like it's a totally different concept and or like they come from gym programs or like a maybe 12 week plans and you'll be this size mm. and it's just really um it's like an end goal it's like that's when I'll be finished and happy but like it's not a lifestyle change when once that's over what happens so yeah I agree exactly. with you with regards to that and um, just go easy steady space it's not go hard or go home take it easy and you'll see a lot more progress for the long term as a result which is what you want you know it's really
1: long. yeah yeah so exactly.
0: that was amazing <laughs> so good to have you on if people want to find you on instagram what is your your handle or is that what you're so <laughs> yeah yeah your
1: tag or whatever it's yeah. coco underscore riri which i've had since i was about 15 and it's it's just yeah uh, yes. i don't plan on changing it either don't it's not. just like it's just what i'm associated with now people just call me coco which is hilarious oh um, my God. but oh. yeah so it's coco underscore riri um and you can like reach out for coaching or whatever it is that you might need even if it's just to answer like ask a couple of questions like i do question boxes from time to time so yeah. you can drop them in there i am a nightmare with dms so <laughs> if i don't get back it's not because i'm being ignorant it's just sometimes a bit overwhelming so i do take time to answer them but um you mightn't always be you have to exactly mm-hmm. exactly you have to show up for yourself first and yeah. I, i'll always prioritize me um over answering dms which some people may think is selfish but i need to do that for me so 100 i agree with that 100 but i leave your
0: um your instagram handle in the show notes as well so people can see that and yeah yep. i'll be this be, I'll be sharing it as well on um, Instagram so people can see it but yeah it was so lovely to have the chat I really enjoyed this like it, re- it was to be honest it was just an honest conversation really and like I always talked about stuff I haven't talked about before on this as well so you mm-hmm. opened up things for me too which is great so I got a bit of a coaching Amazing. session <laughs> but, um, <laughs> thank you but yeah I really enjoyed it and um, i sure we will have you on again I'm sure sometime too soon we will be chatting of course as well but thanks so much for coming on I really appreciate it Anytime. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. I'll be back next week with another episode.